Welcome to Guy Aitchison's Reinventing the Tattoo. This is a special Reinventing the Tattoo podcast art history edition with uh, Kyoki, Perpetual Roots, and it's going to be awesome. So get your notebooks ready. Uh, we try to do our best to put all of the uh, information into the notes, but it takes us a little while and you're going to want to keep track. They're going to talk about a lot of really awesome artists. Um, not sure where you're beaming in from. We are on the Facebooks, we're on YouTubes, we're in the podcasts. You can always find the latest schedule of upcoming live streams, as well as the library of replays at the Reinventing the Tattoo community. This is in either of the app stores, pick your poison, uh, Google Play or the Apple App Store. Or if you just want your ISP to rat you out, you go straight to community.reinventingthetattoo.com and you don't even need to, to put it on your mobile. You could just go straight through your computer. And the first link you'll see is going to be the events because that's one of the cornerstones. We do live events like this. It's pretty amazing. We also do um, reinventing drawing groups where artists beam in. So it's a split Zoom and there's artists from all around the world doing either their, their tattoo design homework or just working on paintings. It's pretty awesome. Uh, also great to just tune into to check out the conversations. They haven't been boring yet, believe it or not. Um, and I've been listening to like nearly all of them. Uh, so if you have, you know, they're great for your front room. If you're looking for some distraction for your clients, um, you can go to the Reinventing the Tattoo Community Library and check out all of the previous uh, shows. Um, let's see, we want to make sure we thank our sponsors, uh, Inkjet Stencils. If you go to the community, we have uh, two or three webinars with Donna and uh, uh, Andre Malcolm and Frank Conception. And they go through the computers and you can print, you do all of your um, reference on the computer or on your iPad and then you print it out straight from your printer. It saves your hands, uh, saves uh, time, all that stuff. It's great. Uh, inkjet stencils. Uh, also rawpigments.co, uh, a pigment company from California. They are acrylic free and vegan inks. They're getting their, they, they got tapped right into the source of the of the raw pigments, right? It's rawpigments.co. You can check out a uh, Lauren from Raw Pigments hosted a business call. It's got like 20 different people on it. It was pretty awesome. They talked about inks among all the other things. And again, that's in the library. Check it out. We've got the Reinventing the Tattoo subscribers exclusive exercise every nine o'clock on Monday nights. So if you are a Reinventing the Tattoo Canon subscriber, it's uh, less than a dollar a day, it's, uh, like 300 a year. Then um, not only do you have access to the full online Canon course, which used to be the three ring binder and then the book and then the book and the DVDs. Now it's just this crazy massive online course filled with uh, tons of videos and uh, webinars edited by Guy. He really knows how to get in there and label everything appropriately. In any event, uh, courses.reinventingthetattoo.com. You should join it and join Guy every Monday at 9. You can get exclusive um, critiques on the exercises right from him every Monday. Affiliates, uh, other networks that you should be checking out, the Fireside Tattoo Network. Jake Meeks has an awesome YouTube channel and a podcast. And then Amy Nichols from the Apprenticeship Diaries has a, a great podcast and YouTube channel. I know they're all shows, right? Um, she's interviewing uh, apprentices, uh, mentors, not only in tattooing, but in all sorts of other places. Okay. Um, 
I think I caught everything. If not, I apologize. We are doing these introductions live every time. I, I We tried to record them or we're going to record them, but then we read somewhere that it's more natural to just do it live, so fuck it. Uh, if you write in the chat rooms how this is working for you, where you're beaming in from, uh, if you have any questions, I could uh, beam in in the second half maybe or at the end to, to ask your questions. And um, yeah, please share it around. Oh, that's right. Uh, the podcast and the YouTube channel are brand new. Reinventing is nearly 30 years old. It's amazing. Um, but these are two brand new channels. So please go give them a follow and share them. Um, everyone's on the YouTube and the podcast these days. I am going to hop in the background and let Guy do some, uh, take it away. Right on. Thank you, Gabe. Uh, and thanks everyone who's tuned in today. Uh, this is, uh, I've, I've kind of lost count, but, uh, We've been doing these art history uh, broadcasts uh, roughly twice a month. And uh, it's ended up going to some pretty interesting places. And in the course of thinking about subjects to cover or periods of history to cover, I kept coming back to Kiyoki because you know one time he came uh, up here to Hyperspace Studios to uh, talk about a possible collaboration. And while we're knocking out these sketches, he's going into this dive into history and telling me all this really interesting stuff. Uh, it's something he's very knowledgeable about. Uh, Kiyoki, thank you for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me, brother. And uh, you can find uh, Kiyoki on uh, Instagram at uh, Perpetual Roots with a Z at the end. Um, and uh, you're in Atlanta currently, but you started out in the Hawaiian Islands, correct? Oh, yes. Um, uh... I was born and raised out in Hawaii. Actually, my, my dad was military, traveled the world, been all over the place. Um, ended up uh, getting into tattooing right about my high school days, to say about the uh, late uh, mid '90s. My best friend was tattooing out of high school, tattooing all the guys back in the '90s. What they did, you know, guitar strings and India ink. It was uh, <laughs> one of those days, and. Um, I ended up doing designs, drawing some designs for my friend and, and never ever in, in my life did I think I was going to be a tattoo artist. I was just just drawing. I loved art, loved drawing, uh, loved creating things. And um, uh, my best friend had one day asked me to uh, um, tattoo him. And uh, I was like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I wanted to tattoo people. I didn't know if I wanted to, I, I couldn't uh, fathom the thought of uh, sticking a needle in someone's skin. but. My best friend walked me through it, uh, did my first tattoo on my best friend, and uh, I fell in love with it. And I just uh, kept going from there, traveled all over the world, been to uh, Denmark, Puerto Rico, all the way through the States, uh, through Hawaii, but uh, did majority of my, uh, I think I've been at it 20 years now, and uh, about 12 of those years are home in Hawaii, and then uh, the rest traveling the world. So it's been, it's been a fun journey, brother. And uh, what's the name of the shop you're opening right now? It's going to be Perpetual Roots Tattoo. Right on. And that's in, uh, is it in Atlanta proper or one of the suburbs there? We're in the uh, the northern outside of the perimeter of Atlanta in the, in the northeastern corner down there by Lawrenceville, by um, uh, by Peachtree Corners out in, uh, out there. And uh, Kaoki, uh, he's he specializes in uh, work that's very uh, South Pacific based, but with a twist. This is one of the things that I noticed about his work because of course I love 3D effects. And I, I've seen him incorporating that into uh, his work. And I think that's a very natural fit. You know, uh, bio and tribal obviously have a lot of common, uh, you know, threads to them. And uh, so something like this, you know, it's got so much flow 
and you know overlapping layers just uh you know totally lends itself towards you know the, the idea of bringing in additional depth effects cast shadows and things like that um so yeah you've got the ancient and the modern here um i'd love to hear a little bit about just a rough sketch of what you know about south pacific uh, tattoo history uh now we know that captain cook you know discovered tattooed people when he was out there and uh uh you know i, I couldn't say when that was, but it, several hundred years ago. Uh, how far back does it stretch that we know of, uh, the history well, of large tattooing? Well, we know that the, the word uh, tattoo um, uh, dates back to 1500 years BC. So um, it's definitely uh, uh, the BC. It's, it's been a long time, about 3,000, 4,000 years old. So um, Polynesian tattooing goes back that far. Uh, the word tattoo, uh, was like you said, brought by uh, Captain Cook up in what I think it was the 1700s, uh, back over to Europe, and then started to uh, get a big uh, following from there. But it goes and dates back in the the Tahitian culture back to the 1500s BC. Mm, that's incredible, uh, and of course we're we're talking about a not just casual marking of people, but uh, this is an all overall body look and. Uh, I imagine that, uh, you know, obviously we don't have anything prior to Captain Cook in terms of Western records of this stuff, right? right. But immediately, uh, the first thing I noticed when I saw these photos is, wow, these are bodysuits. Yes. Yes, they're, they're definitely a large, large tattoos that encompass a large portions of the body. Uh, um, uh, they, the most common would be from the mid torso to the knees where you see popular in the, um, in the Samoan culture, as well as the uh, New Zealand or the Maoris, they have what they call a puhoro. The Samoans have their pea or their malufie. It's common amongst the Fijians, Tahitians, and stuff like that. Uh, it, it's definitely large. The Maoris also have their tamoko or their full face mokos that they have. Uh, they, um, uh, yeah, but large portion. Well known for that. But uh, okay, so what are some of the reasons, at least in modern day, uh, that we know of why people get these tattoos? They don't just casually get them the way we Westerners do. It's sort of a more formal rite of passage, isn't it? Yes, yes. Uh, a lot of time, the, these tattoos uh, um, in all the Polynesian cultures, all the, the different cultures are uh, a transition from adolescence to adulthood. It was that sense of that growth from a, a youth to a man or to a, a young woman to a grown woman in their roles, their responsibilities in their society, in their village, uh, their rank, their family, everything where they came from. It's kind of like, I like to look at it as like a military uniform. On a military uniform, you can see someone's name, their family name, or their last name, you can see the unit that they're from, the rank that they're in, in that unit. Then you can find out also the awards and the decorations that they have in there for themselves individually. So these tattoos were literally like uniforms that they wore to tell people who they were, the status of their family, where they came from, who they were in the village and their roles and, and, and everything. So, and their hierarchy, it was a unbelievable sense of identification. So uh, a person would earn additional tattoos as they, uh, achieved things 
Yes, there, there's definitely, a, there would be, well, the goal would be to get to that point, but like a lot of tattoos, like the Maoris and stuff where they would do their, their tamokos on their face, they would do it in processes as well as the Samoans where they would start from a certain part of the tattoo and move forward. And it was a growth process through that to learn these morals and values and lessons. And you had to get to a point in your life where they felt you learned these lessons or at the point where you're moving forward with these lessons to be able to tattoo these tattoos. So do you think that uh, it, it, most likely that this is this is something that was part of the whole history is we're, we're talking about a very uh, formal use of tattooing for thousands of years in, in a part of the world. And uh, it, it's kind of funny because we had this uh, uh, archaeologist in one of these talks, um, uh, Dr. Dieter Wolf, and he uh, was researching actual tattoo implements that they had found, you know, that were thousands of years old. And so there's Utsi the Iceman, right? Uh, I'm sure you've heard of Utsi. Uh, and he's got a few tattoos on him. And when they first found uh, him, the, the scientists were like, hmm, he's got tattoos. Ah, uh, okay, so they had criminal gangs back then. Okay, <laughs> and I guess he got waylaid by his fellow criminals and they took his gold and left his body in the tundra and uh, uh, yeah, that it's it's good that now we can understand uh, everything about this person with his tattoos. And meanwhile, that flies completely in the face of evidence where uh, indigenous cultures that have tattoo traditions, uh, those tattoos are usually a sign of rank, of importance, of status, um, etc. Certainly yeah. not uh, a sign of being in a criminal gang. Uh, I just thought that was kind of funny. Right. No, I, well, well, all of that came through like, when the, the, the start of the Western movement, as they started to move from Europe over to America and they started to move westward. Um, you know, I think America was uh, started for like uh, the freedom of religion. You know, there's a lot of religion that was established before it moved here. So America has a base period of negative connotation towards tattoos, period. We didn't even start with good stuff with tattoos. It was just straight coming from Christianity, from Catholicism, from all this stuff to America. So America has already had a base history of negativity with tattooing, where the rest of the world, it was big and good for society before Christianity and all the other types of religions had gone and, and banished these, these acts and these, uh, um, uh, these ceremonies of tattooing. Right. Well, I mean, that's one of the things that happens with globalization is, you know, and colonialism is, you know, the traditional uh, rituals, the, the, the folk arts and things like that, that stuff all gets hammered out uh, because it's not part of the new culture they're trying to replace it with. Uh, and, uh, you know, I remember Boris from uh, Hungary talking about how there had been like traditional tattooing. Uh, back in his great grandfather's day, but when the Soviet era happened and you know, all Russian surrounding countries all became USSR uh, and they, all of their religions were banished, all of their uh, folk traditions were banished. Uh, and so there's a few of these very old people walking around with these tattoos, but almost nobody knows what they mean. Right, right. I, I mean, that's unfortunate, as, as you were saying, like how we lose few things as we go and assimilate to uh, the new culture that is coming in, that is gone to. And really, it's all about the culture that comes in. You know, that's that's what it is. It's just unfortunate that the culture that had come and 
taken over a lot of, uh, of all these cultures around the world. We're just one that just didn't keep those particular parts of the culture as they moved forward with the assimilation to the new culture. Right. Well, but now what we have is a, is a total flip side of this, that this, you know, so-called cultural appropriation, which, uh, you know, obviously that's, that's something that has a negative connotation to it. But uh, so somebody can come into tattooing and because tattooing is what it is, I mean, people just love things that look cool, right? Um, yeah, right. You know, mix it up any way you can. Anything that they haven't seen before that looks cool, people are down, right? Uh, and so that they're going to look at anything that's beautiful and say, ooh, I want to incorporate that and change it up and put like, you know, let's just put some of those, uh, you know, Pacific Island patterns in the background. Well, meanwhile, those patterns actually mean something specific, right? Yes, uh, yes. And so, so it's rather than uh, it being, you know, kind of beaten out of existence by, you know, a new culture, you've got people who are wanting to assimilate it and because it looks cool and kind of make it their own. But of course, there's, there's both pros and cons to that. Some of them are going to end up learning about the history, but a lot of it is it's just going to become diluted. Right. Well, I, I believe that's the, the responsibility of the artist, the artist and in, in whatever we do and how we pass things, you know, um, it's not just passing the artist, passing what you believe behind. Now, some people just do the art for the art, you know, and then some people they, that for me, that's my responsibility is to teach people that had one guy was talking about uh, cultural appropriation. And I was like, well, if you don't teach culture, nobody will know what's appropriate. So if we don't teach it, then you'll never know. So my job is to teach people, you know, I, I think uh, um, what I love the most about, especially tattooing now and people um, uniting and, and whether what culture, whatever it is, whether it be European style tattoos, whether it be uh, East Indian, all different, as well as Polynesian, is that back in the days, a lot of our cultures were forced to become a culture that we didn't want. We were assimilated due to colonialism, but it is now in life that we are able to choose the culture that we want to be a part of. And then people are choosing these because for whatever it is, be it that the art speaks to them, be it that the uh, culture of the art speaks to them, and people are choosing these things. So it's the first time in the world in history that we're choosing what we want versus being forced to live a life where we where we have to live a, a different culture from what we want. So uh, as, as a teacher to the general public, well, let me just ask this sort of basic question. I've just been referring to it as South Pacific Island tattooing, but is there, is there an accepted term for this sort of, you know, I know it's a group of cultures that we're talking about. Oh, well, there, there are several different cultures. Like uh, a lot of people say, like you said, South Pacific kind of covers everybody. Um, when they say Polynesian, now Polynesian tattoos are a part of a chain of islands. Uh, has, uh, I think it comes about a several thousand islands, starting from Hawaii, going to New Zealand, and then down to uh, Easter Island or Rapa Nui. That is our triangle. That consists of Polynesia. Then there's another triangle called Melanesia and one called Micronesia. So there are several that encompass the whole Southern Pacific Islands all the way across, all the way to South Asia, you know, all the way, including Guam, like um, uh, Saipan and, and all the way down to that far, far East. So it's it's all Pacific Islands. So I guess, I guess you can call it Southern Pacific uh, or just Pacific Islander tattooing because we all have, it's kind of like we migrated through it from Southeast Asia, they say, and it came through the islands. So we all have a history or a connection in many ways to each other through that. So it's just uh, evolutions of, I would say. Okay. 
because I've, I've heard people refer to it as Polynesian tattooing, but now you've pointed out there's several major archipelagos there that, uh, and, and that, that is just sort of, sort of a, a term that misses Micronesia and, uh, and Melanesia. So uh, I'll continue calling it South Pacific. Uh, no, definitely. <laughs> uh, so what are some of your, your favorites that stand out? Some of the, some of the styles that really, I mean, I, I've, I've seen you've done a lot of very particular uh, look, a lot of those, the very, very finely repeated patterns. Uh, where specifically does that come from? Uh, it definitely comes from the Samoan style. Samoan and, and, and the Hawaiian are kind of more common of uh, the style that we do. Now, the reason why, and you'll see that uh, more common now ever since the 90s, uh, where we have what we call the uh, uh, Neo-Polynesian kind of like trend that started to come out. Um, Going back into history, you know, a lot of tattooing around the world, especially around the, the Pacific Islands, was eradicated due to uh, colonialization, like you're saying, uh, um, religions, uh, Catholicism, Christianity, Mormons, and all that stuff. So they eradicated a lot of the tattoos. Well, the Samoans were the only ones who were untouched. The Samoans have untouched over 2,000 years of tattooing and has never stopped. They, they were, uh, there were parts of Samoa that banned it, um, but there were parts in Samoa where it never stopped. So in the 1980s, uh, there was a resurgence of Polynesian tattooing and the Samoans began to go out and start reteaching cultures of how to do the tattoo. So the Samoans were the ones who kept this history and then thought to go back and teach it. So they went out to Tonga, to Fiji, to Hawaii, all of these different cultures that lost their tattooing and began to give this, this art back to them. So a lot of what you see now is mainly Samoan because they're the teachers. They're the teachers that gave us this. So you have a little bit of influence of what they have in the world. That's why they became the most popular style, the most popular of Polynesian cultures out there are these Samoans. A lot of people are more aware of the Samoans than any of, of the other ones. I like their tattoos because of the repetitive patterns and how I can use them to move with the shape and the form of the body. I've always found a particular flow to it. So I tell a lot of people that um, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of a thing that I felt. It's kind of like music. You sit down, you kind of hear a beat and a rhythm, you kind of go with it. So as I started to do my Polynesian designs, I noticed that the elongated patterns for me allowed me to define more of the body and the shape and, and uh, what I wanted it to look like as we moved along. So you'll find a lot more of the continuous repetitive patterns, which are different from like other styles like the Tahitian or the Marquesans and uh, more of the Eastern Polynesia where they're more kind of blocky, a little bit of different style of actual patterns, or even the Maoris. The New Zealanders have a large negative space with what they call korus or these curls that they do all along their tattoos. So, but I have found it more in my flow of my tattoos to go with more of the Samoan and Hawaiian style. So that's kind of a thing. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Gabe, let's see if we can find a, a picture that shows a close up of uh, one of those pieces or maybe zoom in. Um, I remember you showing me uh, some some details from some of these pieces, and there there are some very specific things uh, in there. Um, you know, some are representing the sea and mountains and things like that. Uh, let's see. Maybe if you could find one that's just uh, just all the patterning. Yeah. Um, there was one that was just like an upper arm. Um, yeah. Let's take a look at that one. Let's go ahead and zoom in on that one. And just, just as an example, uh, we could zoom in a little closer. 
So what are some of the, the language elements that are in this piece? So this is this design is more towards a, uh, a Fijian base. A lot of the Fijians would tattoo in these uh, reddish brown colors here that you see the designs and the patterns are kind of uh, universal. Um, some of them are Fijian, a little bit of mixture of the uh, Samoan and other cultures. Um, when it came to meanings of designs, um, I think I was uh, I was doing a uh, presentation for the Explore Tattoo Conference, and as I did uh, got prepared for this Explore Tattoo Conference, I was uh, doing my research and I wanted to make sure I, I wasn't out there, you know, saying the wrong things and stuff. And uh, so I, I thought to myself, like, what do all these patterns mean? And and I was like, okay, well, let's start with the most basic of patterns. So I, I looked up a triangle. And I was like, okay, let me go research this triangle. So I researched the triangle in the Hawaiian culture, the Samoan culture, Fijian, New Zealand. And then I was like, wow, there's triangles in the Japanese culture. There's triangles in Native American culture. There's triangles in African tattoos. There's triangles in, in, in Gaelic and, and Old Norse tattoos. So then I thought it's to think to myself, like what makes a triangle capable of transcending cultures without somebody saying, bro, you stole my triangle, bro. Cause that's pretty much what's going on. Everyone's like, this belongs to me, this belongs to that. And what it came down to was that to me, and, and this is my belief on it, is that a, a triangle was like a rock brother. It sits on the ground and it does nothing. The wind blows it, the water moves it. But it isn't until you take that triangle and you throw it at somebody, it becomes a weapon. When you pick up that triangle and you put it into a wall, it becomes a foundation. It is the purpose and intent that gives anything what we Polynesians call mana, call power. It is that purpose that we believe in that gives it strength. So every culture in its sense uses their triangle in their own way. And even then down to the artist, the artist of uh, the Hawaiians have a saying we call kauna. Kauna is the given meaning behind something. There's a song that I sing in Hawaiian culture called Papalina Lahilahi. And it speaks about a woman's rosy cheeks and how beautiful she looks when she dances. But the kauna or the story behind it is procreation. We really want to just tap those cheeks. So it's one of those things. It's like, it's, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. So there's a, there's a literal meaning and a given meaning. The given meaning is, is like a gift. Like I tell people, when I tattoo people, it's like naming a child. I'm giving them a gift, a gift of meaning, a gift of purpose, purpose for whatever their life is, purpose for whatever they believe in in life. You know, I, I tell people, um, if you walk into a church and you burn a cross and throw it on the ground, people will lose their minds. But some people who don't believe in that cross won't because it's the belief in the purpose of that tool that gives it strength. So even at that, on my designs, you see a a, a, in that particular design, we'll see a Fijian base or a representation, representation of kind of a Fijian style. But all those meanings, we look at the history of where the meanings are, and then I give it its purpose for that individual. So in, in turn, each tattoo will individually mean something different for every individual. Now, back in the days that when you're getting a particular style of tattoo, like let's say the Samoan Malofie, which is the large tattoo that went from their mid torso to their knees, that was given for the chiefs. And basically their knights of the round table or basically what we call in the Samoan culture, they call them the Sunga Initis, or the people that were ordained by the chief to get these tattoos. Now, when you got these tattoos, it just meant that you were an honorable person, that if anybody in the village saw this tattoo, you were somebody that you can that they can go to and they can ask questions and you were honorable. You were that person knighted by the king to do that. So, I mean, before we went into the, the, the means, I just wanted to say that because like those meanings are all, it's really up to the actual artists and the culture they come from. In the end, I tell people, everybody uses the words and is and was, but not everybody tells the same story. 
So it's how we portray our triangles and use our words that make us who we are and pass the morals and values that we want to pass on. Because it isn't just a tattoo. It's the morals and values that you teach people through these tattoos that when they see their tattoo every day, it reminds them of who they are and who they choose to be in life and their then service to their community. Sorry, that went into a whole different tangent, brother. <laughs> no, that's, that's great. That's great. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because I think that in a much looser sense, everyone that gets tattooed, uh, there's a certain amount of that that's going to be true. You know, it's uh, a lot of a lot of us. We just get tattooed because we like tattoos. Right. But uh, the overall, you know, thing of putting ourselves through this, especially the larger work, you know, uh, the bigger commitments or we're traveling for an artist or they might be in town, but but it's a year and a half long project and we have other expenses. We still do it. Um, so, you know, we, we are giving ourselves uh, some kind of weight uh, of importance behind the act of getting the tattoo, even if it's not tied to some kind of oh, I'm 18 now. And so I'm going to get this tattoo or anything like that. You know, uh, I think a lot of people start out getting tattoos, thinking that they have to have a reason, you know, my grandfather died, so I'm going to get this memorial tattoo and that's all fine and dandy. But then that person's second or third tattoo is like, man, the grandpa tattoo turned out great. I wonder what else I could get. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, right, right. And that's so it's, yeah. it's a little it. different, but you know, I think that there's still a sense of what you were saying there of, uh, you know, when we look in the mirror and we see ourselves as tattooed people or people who are in the process of getting work done, you know, uh, that there is some sort of story that we we have in our mind about who we are and what we're trying to accomplish or the kind of people that we're trying to be. Right. And, and it's like, there's a lot of people who tell me, they're like, oh, okay, okay, well, you know, they get Polynesian tattoos from me and I ask them about their other tattoos they might have and they're, oh, that tattoo doesn't mean anything. I said, well, every tattoo has a meaning, whether the meaning is it is just a drunken night with my friends and we had fun and we got these Tasmanian devils, you know, whatever. It's everybody has every story. Every tattoo has a story and a meaning behind it. Why you got it and, and purpose your intent might not you would feel or other people might feel might not be as honorable as others, but it is the things that are important to us at the time that they need to be important. At the time that that happened, that is what's important. That's what we wanted. And it is uh, to satisfy that at that moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting thing because we're looking at a more formal approach to tattoo or getting tattooed. Right. And yes. uh, and I guess that's got to be changing a lot now. You know, uh, the last time I went to Hawaii, it's been a while. Michelle and I went there, you know, in the early 2000s. And uh, I remember being struck by how much large scale, nice looking um, tattooing there was that, you know, almost all of it had the strong, you know, Polynesian kind of influence. Uh, and this could be just like, you know, the kid that was bagging groceries at the, at the supermarket has got this really nice looking sleeve, you know, that clearly some, some thought went into and it, it's, it's definitely got a, a you know, they had the goal of making something that looked attractive rather than just getting an armful of tattoos, which, you know, a lot of people do, right? Uh, and, and so, you know, even coming at it from, a, I'm just a teenager and I'm, you know, my buddies are tattooing me, it still seemed like there was more of a sense of that history and of that uh, kind of, um, it, you know, that goal to, to make this, this unified, attractive look at, at the bare minimum. You know, then you might see in a lot of Western tattooing. 
Right, right. It's just that it's a, it's like a, a sense of identity, right? You know, once again, like I was saying with the military uniforms, you can tell a Marine versus a, an Army soldier versus an Air Force soldier by the uniforms that we wear. It's, it was it was an identity, you know, and a lot of the Islanders, as we started to get this resurgence in the 90s, you know, uh, um, uh, in the 80s and 90s, that we started to try to get this identification of who we were. A lot of us, a lot of the kids, especially me growing up in the 90s, we didn't understand what half of that stuff meant. We didn't understand it. We just knew that for some reason, this is what the Hawaiian do this is what I did as a Polynesian and then it wasn't until I got into my journey of tattooing that I became a tattoo artist that I started to see the impact of the tattooing in society in people's minds their mentality of how they are in their family as well as their community and uh, started to understand these things in, in a sense and then to look back in the history behind that's exactly what it was from the beginning that it was just uh, to help us identify who we are what we do and then how we're going to be a part of our big community and it was it was a big thing for me you know um uh, but then even then you look at tattoos have such a a a different, how would you say, um, interpretation as you travel through the Pacific. Like, I remember a long time ago, um, a friend of mine, uh, uh, Isaiah Toy Tu, was uh, sitting down, talked to me, and he asked me, Kyoki, like, how do you know what patterns to color in? How do you know where to shade it, where to do this and that? And I just told him, I said, I don't know. I just, I just had a feeling like if I put something here, then I didn't want it to put too much black in this area. So I put this leave negative space and I was going back and I just felt a balance in myself, you know? And then he told me that uh, tattoos had a combination of two things, which were the balance of pole and hina. Pole is the male and hina is a female. Pole would be the ink that we put into the skin. The hina is the negative space. And when we have balance in life, you have harmony in a tattoo versus we can take it even to, into our art theory, art method, right? The whole balance of a tattoo and how a tattoo flows, Fibonacci swirls, a whole bunch of other things, you know, these things, understanding the flows in life. And then it started to get deeper to where he was saying as a person, as an artist, like who you are in your life comes into your tattoos. If you have balance in your life, your tattoos will be balanced. If you are an unbalanced person, in your life, your tattoos would become unbalanced because your tattoos are really an external representation of who you are, just trying to find an external representation for somebody else. So it's just our energy flowing into all of that. And then I was doing my research and I went into the Maori style, the New Zealand style, and theirs is a complete different, uh, I mean, uh, interpretation. They believe that their tattooing is a journey of a two paths, the path of light and the path of darkness. So basically what is seen and what's not seen, how to control and unite our physical world with our spiritual world. So in the Maori tattooing, the actual physical ink is the visible world that you see today, things that you see here. Then the kodus or the flow of all the negative space is the spirit world. And the Maoris actually were a culture full of meditation and they believed in taking your spirit and bring it into your world. So understanding the mind and the body. That's why the tamoko or the traditional Maori tattooing was on their face because they believed that they tattooed the most important part of the body, which was your head because your mind and your spirit comes through your head. So they would tattoo their faces and then they have their other style of tattooing or anything else called the kirituhi. Kirituhi, kiri means the skin and tuhi means your art. So your skin art would be for your other parts of your body. But the traditional tamoko came on your face and that's where the most important part of your body. So they took it to a spiritual sense, which is not the same the Samoans didn't, but looking at how they look at the perspective of everything too, also went deep and they uh, uh, they both have their spiritual connection to everything. And it was it's all of that that really gave me that 
growth in what I saw in my tattooing. You know, it wasn't just a, a now a physical adornment on the body. It, um, it was going back to the whole purpose behind we, why we wear these things and then to become stronger internally to thus become stronger externally for your community. Sorry if I went on a tangent there, brother. Oh, that's great. Uh, well, I was, I'm thinking about what uh, Sulapi had, had told you uh, about the, the male and the female and the uh, yeah, positive and negative. And uh, my first thought was, you know, I had a client recently who's uh, uh, a Zen meditator. And, um, you know, one of the ideas behind Zen Buddhism is uh, the uh, Sri the Yantra, the interpenetration of opposites, which is, you know, it's represented as this cluster of triangles pointing up and down and overlapping each other and it turns them into this crazy wave of triangles but uh that this is sort of like the root of all creation is this kind of uh interaction between opposites and so of course you know none of that is going to happen without balance you know if it's if one force or the other is too strong eventually it ends up being either all black or all skin if you want to look at it in the most simplistic sense you know, or that we're looking for that that dynamic, uh, you know, interaction between elements that creates harmony, and that, you know, we look at and just automatically think, "Wow, that's beautiful. That's attractive." And, you know, what is beautiful? It's kind of funny that we even have that in us. That we can look at a mountain and say, "Wow, that's beautiful." Now, why did we evolve to to have that ability to appreciate that mountain or to appreciate, you know, some art? but not other art, because let's face it, there's a lot of ugly art out there too, right? And we have a different reaction to that than we do to the stuff that flows nicely. And uh, I think that's one of the, the most striking things about the entire South Pacific uh, style is it's got a beautiful flow to it. Clearly that was, a, it, you know, it means all these things, but it was built up around the idea of as long as we're marking our bodies, let's make it beautiful. Right. And, and it just, it's a thing. You know, I, I tell people that, uh, um, like, I went up to Denmark and I went to tattoo in Denmark. And uh, uh, these gentlemen in Denmark were just going crazy about America. They're like, America's this, America's that. We hate America. And this is a, like, why is America so crazy? Why is America this and that? And, and I was telling the guys, I said, you got to understand, like, I mean, aside from other smaller countries, out of larger influential countries, America is the youngest country. Not a large, massive, influential country. We're the youngest ones. So I told him, said, we're the emo teenagers of the world. That's what we are. We are the guys who set different rules. We don't, we don't obey rules and stuff. America is a whole different mindset. We're just the youth of today. We are the youth, the innovation, the move forward in the earth. We are the next, the next stage of evolution, I guess, if you want to call it. But if you look at all the cultures around the world, be it the Japanese, they have a sense of yin and yang. The uh, the Polynesians have that sense also of that balance of spiritual and stuff that, like you said, that positive negative there's a balance of everything in life america itself as a culture and as everything hasn't found completely our balance because we're still the youngest youngest culture out there we are a culture trying to find ourselves so what we're seeing with all of these cultures whether it be polynesian or anything else that there's balance in everywhere from buddhism to everything all around the world there's balance where we haven't found ours yet we're just a new culture like i said growing with it so to understand where we are as americans and how we're learning these things and then taking these from these older cultures like the Polynesians and our tattoos and what they meant, America is finding it. And, and we, will, we will find ours hopefully one day, but it's, it's a whole sense behind it because it's not just the Polynesians, it's everywhere. It's every culture that's ever tattooed, every culture that's ever had any sense of culture, there has, there's balance in everything. Well, hopefully we'll, we'll find ours as Americans, right? You know, and, and, <laughs> you know that whole thing of not uh, um, 
the, the balance, you know, finding that balance. And, uh, you know, of course, one of the exciting things about America is this, we, we don't follow rules thing. And of course, on the one hand, it, that means there's more chaos and there's more disagreement. But I see people all over the world having political disagreements. So I don't know if that's that's uniquely our problem at all, you know. But, uh, you know, it's really encouraged for us to find ourselves and explore ourselves. And and uh, it's, it's not a, uh, a conformist culture, uh, or at least not so much as many other. Uh, like we had some Swedish relatives visiting us and they... Uh, you know, comparing notes, and they were blown away by how strongly Americans value their individuality. And they're like, yes, in Sweden, we're happy to fit in. It's like, okay, um, congratulations, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, may, maybe things are more calm as a result, but uh, I, I think that if the entire world would run that way, nothing would ever be invented anymore after a while. Right, right. Evolution is is a is is inevitable. Evolution and how we move forward and grow in life. As with what happened with a lot of the Polynesian tattoos, you know, like uh, even nowadays where the like the Samoans have what they call their Masini Tattoo, does where the the machine of style of tattooing and how they're trying to incorporate the cultures behind it. Like uh, I had a friend of mine who I was tattooing and uh, well not tattooing, but we were just having a conversation and he was talking to me about, you know, maybe I should go and learn to do the tattoo or the tattoo, the traditional style of tapping. And I told him, I said, I, I myself personally, it's uh, I, I just learned from the machine. I feel comfortable that it's my thing. And he was like, well, that's the way it's supposed to be done. And I was like, well, there's a lot of people with boats fishing with fishing poles. You don't see them paddling canoes and throwing spears it's about evolution and how we choose evolution how we choose to move forward in life right we can take certain things as like there's a condition there are traditions that are kept for a lot of people and everybody has their own way but i told them whether i fish with a fishing pole or a spear i can still teach my children the morals and values behind what we do i don't overfish you catch what you what you only what you eat you throw the small ones back for later you don't throw your rubbish in the water the nurtures the morals and values in life you know like a lot of people talk about the modern style of tattooing that i do i understand that me with my modern style tattooing i do but i understand that the tattooing back in the days past morals and values to the people of society and who we chose to be in life so it's not whether or not Dwayne Johnson stars in your movie or, you know, somebody or Jack Black. It's the moral behind the story. A lot of people talk about Jack and Jill, but they don't know the moral of the story. You know, a lot of times the stories throughout history change. But then in the end, what is the moral that was passed on? So for me, what I do with a lot of my tattooing is even though I may not do the traditional style or thing, we carry the energy and the mana, the strength behind what we do in what we pass to society. It isn't just a tattoo. Everybody who gets tattooed by me, uh, it, it's my own personal thing that I pass that to them. Who do they choose to be? I have my conversation with them. I talk with them. And it's like, like, who do you want to be? Like, what made you go from here in life to here and stuff? And then, then from there, where do you want to move from here? What is keeping you going? What is your life? Um, culture, brother, a big thing about culture. There was a gentleman who had messaged me and he was like, Kyoki, like, you know, I love your tattoos. Your tattoos are awesome. And it's like, but I, I, I don't like the way you tattoo non-Polynesians with Polynesian tattoos because you're offending my culture. So I was like, okay, well, Touche. How about you ask me what I'm doing so we can understand each other, right? Then it came down into that whole sense with the culture and me passing forward with that. And I told him, I said, uh, so um, where are you from? 
he goes, and uh, what's your name? The guy's like, oh, my name's so-and-so. I'm, I'm, you know, my mom's from Hawaii. And I was like, okay, cool. So where are you from? He's like, oh, well, my grandmother's from Hawaii. And I was like, okay, well, where are you from? And he says, well, I'm from Florida, but my mom taught me what it means to be Hawaiian. So I told him, I said, okay, so what does it mean to be Hawaiian? And the guy said, well, I danced Tahitian growing up. And I said, well, Tahiti is another culture aside from Hawaii. It's a total different country, total different place. So Tahitian, I guess you dance Pacific Island. I guess that makes you a Pacific Island. Okay, carry on. He says, well, I eat musubi, which is a spam rice kind of sushi wrap in Hawaii. It's like a dish delicacy we have. I said, well, that's a Japanese dish that was brought to Hawaii. That's from something else. And so, so what Hawaiian do you understand? And he was like, I don't get it. I said, well, culture is what we call the characteristic features of everyday life shared amongst the same group of people in the same place in the same time. So if I wear my hat backwards and somebody wears their hat backwards at the same time, we can create a culture of wearing our hat backwards. Culture is not your ethnicity. Culture is your everyday surroundings. It is what you're raised in. It is who you are. Now, if you want to go and learn a culture, the cool thing is we can become cultured. You can go to a place and live amongst the people. You can live in Japan and find out what it means to be Japanese. You can find out what it means to be Hawaiian, what it means to be Samoan. Culture is what's passed to us. It has no connection to our ethnical background. So I told him, I said, so do you understand what it means? And I started going into the whole interpretation of what I experienced being raised in Hawaii. And it was completely different than being raised in Florida. So the same thing with our cultures and stuff. This, all I'm doing is passing the culture that I know. I, I can't be a Polynesian 400 years ago, but I can tell you what it means to be one right now. This is what I can do. And that's the only culture I can pass is what is today. And what do we want to move forward in the culture that we choose to be? Because now our villages have just become bigger. We've gone from a small village this small to a worldwide village. Now everybody is influencing everybody. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a world culture nowadays. There's not a single culture out in the world that isn't influenced by another culture. We can all look at each other. We can see what's going on in China right now. And you know, whether or not you know, we choose to do what they do, that's our choice, but we're now influenced by seeing what other people do. So we can go on and Google other cultures, other people. You can go on what, uh, um, uh, Google Maps and Google World, whatever you can see, the, you can see the earth, you can see how things are and see things that's like, so it's one of those things where I mean, it's it's culture is what we teach our children and our people every day. Tattoos are a form of identity. It does not define our culture. Our culture is who we are, but our tattoos, our tattoos identify that. And who we choose to be is our flag that we wave on ourselves and our tattoos and our bodies and every day. And that's what we do. So I don't I don't know. That's a deeper, deeper philosophical thing. Sorry, brother. <laughs> I oh, you know, this is great. I mean, the, the thing is defining culture that way, you know, it sort of frees up all of all of this language to be used in a more personal way. You know, it's kind of like, okay, the the culture isn't something I'm, I'm stuck with based on, you know, what my grandparents were, you know, where they came from. You know, I, I'm not, you know, committed to listening to the same music as my grandparents or any of this stuff, right? Uh, that there's no reason why I can't reach out there and just see what I like. So, so what, what you're doing and what other artists who are, you know, respectfully appropriating things like this, right? Uh, you know, it, with the globalization happening, with everything, mixing with everything else and influencing everything else uh it it helps keep the history of uh these island cultures from just sort of getting diluted into nothing it still has a strong presence and when you look at this kind of tattooing it feels historic you know what i mean it it 
it feels like you're looking at something classic the same way as when you look at a really well done classic American traditional tattoo. It feels historic, right? Or a really well done Japanese bodysuit that has all the right balance to it. It feels historic, you know, there's more to it than just the, the fact that it's attractive, you know? And uh, think of all the people getting Japanese stuff tattooed on them that are not Japanese in any way, shape or form. And I think a long time ago, most people just accepted that that was cool, right? Right. And so I, I don't see any reason why that can't apply across the board, you know, and especially because as with the Japanese style, you know, the artists doing it, they wanted to learn the history. They wanted to learn the mythology, you know, the, the really good practitioners of, of that style, whether they were born Japanese or not, are approaching it respectfully. And so this is this is your answer to the young man from Florida is. Uh, right. And, and it was the thing that's where I, I eventually in my career had moved towards the um, the third dimension, as you had talked earlier, the third dimension of Polynesian and everything like that. Like it's it, like to me, understanding that our Polynesian tattooing had a meaning in, in everything we do, everything, the purpose of every individual line has a meaning and purpose behind things. So even when I went to my third dimension thing, it was a big thing for me being my mom's family are uh, immigrants from Puerto Rico, uh, as well as uh, immigrants from Scotland. Um, my grand, my great grandfather being pure Hawaiian. So the Hawaiian, the Scottish and the Puerto Ricans, then my dad's side are immigrants from China, as well as, you know, from uh, Native Americans, from Cherokees, from my great grandfather is from Alabama. So my, my name is George Dolly Davis IV. It's about as uh, American as it gets, you know. Kiyoki is what I go with all my friends. Kiyoki is Hawaiian, George and Hawaiian, but George Dolly Davis IV is my name. So being a Polynesian kid that is mixed and, and and lived amongst the world. I've traveled the world. I've been all over from Asia to Europe, all over the place and understanding culture and people and who we are. Um, it was one of those things where you had that sense of culture, once again, versus ethnicity. What's in my blood versus how I was raised. You, you can have people of a particular uh, race raised in a different culture, right? You got all that kind of stuff. So my third dimension of my Polynesian was to where you can see the break in my skin and see who I am underneath. Through all of this, this is what I revealed to myself. It was a sense of me having a reveal within myself. So when I took my Polynesian designs and opened them up to my 3D is that you may see me on the outside is this, but inside these are my roots. These are who, this is who I am. And so thus gave birth to why I could see my third dimension in the way that I saw it and how I can move it because my purpose and my understanding behind why I created that was the whole big part of it. Nice. So before we run out of time, I, uh, I was gonna ask you if there are any uh, other artists who work in, in the South Pacific style that you would really like people to know their names? Uh, oh, first of all, the, the, the biggest of all is the, the, the Su'a family, the Su'a Suluapes, uh, um, Su'a Suluape Alaiva'a, and his son, uh, that would be Manu right there, Manu Farrens, he's from Tahiti. Uh, below that picture, we have um, uh, Su'a Suluape Aisea Toitu, is from, uh, uh, he has a Tongan and Samoan descent, the first Tongan to have uh, um, the title to do the traditional tattooing in over 200 years. Um, uh, Isaiah is a, a good, good friend of mine and uh, probably one of the persons I look up to uh, the most in my career was, is Isaiah. Um, below him we have there, which uh, is the, the family himself. This is uh, Su'a Suluape uh, Alaiva'a. 
and uh, him and his two sons, Peter and uh, Paul Jr., uh, um, also Suluapis, that are the the family that has carried the Samoan tattooing um, for over 2000 years. Um, these, this gentleman right here, uh, I was at the uh, Pacific Eaton Art, Art Tattoo Expo a couple years ago. And uh, this gentleman comes from Samoa to tattoo and, and, and teach the cultures and everything. And he was standing in the aisle as Big Gus was getting pictures from these girls. And these girls are like, oh my God, Big Gus from TV. And he was just this old man with his EA Lava Lava on, with his, with his wife, Peter Sean, just standing there. And I was like, these people have no idea that 2000 years of tattooing is in this gentleman right here in his family. It, there's a story a long time ago that say, um, uh, the two, tattooing was brought to Samoa by Tilafanga and Taima, the two daughters that came from, uh, from Fiji to Samoa to pass it uh, um, to, and they gave it to the Su'a family, which is then his line, the Su'a Suluape family. This is the man of all men. If, if people can, they study this gentleman right here. He is the, uh, the epitome of it all right here. And is the guy, him and his brother had started in the eighties to pass and start teaching the world. It is this gentleman right here who has brought back tattooing to many cultures around the world and has given his um, contribution to that around the world. It is a, an unbelievable gentleman right here. Um, unbelie un underneath him, we have Keone Nunez, uh, who is a uh, kahuna, uh, um, uh, uh, learned also from uh, the gentleman that we just saw earlier. Uh, he got his title from that gentleman and was taught the first Hawaii, first person in Hawaii to do Hawaiian tattooing in a long time, well over well over 100 years, um, that, that guy. And then from there, from Keone Nunez under him, the next gentleman is Kelii Makua, which is the first Hawaiian to be given the title of Kahuna uh, Pauhi or the Pauhi, the Hawaiian style of tattooing. He now uh, does his tattooing in Hawaii, but he is the first Hawaiian. I think he uh, apprenticed 30 years, 20 or 30 years under Kioni, um, which all learned from the other gentleman, Su'asuluape Aleva'a. He has passed his line through all the way down. So these gentlemen right here are unbelievable. Do we have any anybody else, I believe, underneath the pictures? Any of them? Cape. No, those are just tattoo pictures. Um, that and we have a lot of neo-traditional tattoo artists all over the world, but these are the gentlemen that have made a big influence in my life, uh, gentlemen, as well as uh, Mr. Lane Wilkin. Uh, I don't have his picture, but he's in uh, Las Vegas. He has brought back the traditional Filipino style of tattooing, uh, Lane Wilkins. Unbelievable gentleman and uh, definitely full of knowledge and, and carrying that tradition as well as moving forward in the, uh, uh, the current day in culture. Nice. Well, uh, I think we've got a few minutes for audience questions. If uh, anyone's got any, uh, Gabe, has anyone chimed in? And, and if you've been wondering anything, now is your chance. Uh, we've got about five minutes to, to field a few of these. Yeah, let me uh, start off with some of the um, comments. I think it might be some questions. Let's see here. So Jason Lesser and Melissa say hello. Uh, Dana says, that's my brother. Get it, Kyokes. <laughs> Uh, Ricardo is uh, talking about triangles. He's got five exclamation points. So I guess that would appropriately be triangles. <laughs> uh, Sandy says, uh, great content. Uh, that's a perfect concept. I don't know exactly where. Uh, Jason Lester is getting his mind blown. This is mind expanding on a whole new level. Uh, Melissa says, LOL. No, she laughs out loud. <laughs> He's like that in person too, Jason. Um, so much inspiration, says Melissa Sink. 
Uh, Jason Lesser says, will there be a part two? And then Melissa Sink says, Rabbi says, hi, Kyoki. Okay. Uh, a little yeah. bit more. Uh, Allison says, uh, this is from the YouTube channel, beaming in from Alabama this afternoon. Hey, all. Um, she says, I love uh, Kyoki's passion. This is a great history lesson. One or two more here before I'll give you a chance to respond to anybody here. Huh? We've got Corey Lee says, hi, guys. Uh, Valerie says, hello, why not have subtitles in French? Thank you so much. Oh, and then I said, we will soon enough. And then she said, thank you. Namaste. You know, we actually could figure out how to get the Google Babel fish to work. One of our community members was translating the um, Spanish art jam using Google on her phone. And she's smarter than I was because I tried it once and couldn't do it, but I, she knows how to do it and did it. Anyways, um, let's see. So we have some people from France. Oh, okay. Lots of other uh, comments on the Facebooks, but um, yeah, we'll see if we'll, 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 the questions that were here were, uh, will there be a part two, I guess? <laughs> well, you know what? I definitely have really enjoyed all of our talks and your passion and enthusiasm is, is very obvious and uh uh, we definitely are going to invite you back. I don't know if it would be strictly a part two to this or if it might be something where we ask you to actually help us uh, teach a workshop of some sort. Uh, I think that, that that might be the logical uh, follow-up to this. Uh, I mean, I would, I would love to learn from you. I mean, when you were visiting and we did a little bit of... Uh, sketching it just it felt like there was a whole world of language that uh you know even even without learning a lot of the the traditional stuff there's some some great moves there just compositionally that uh i think uh, a lot of tattooers could uh, could you know gain by learning that'd be awesome brother. that'd be on it so uh you might, you might also think about um if any of these uh, artists would like to do a zoom interview with you you know or, or, or zoom in with them and uh, maybe I don't know that the some people in the technologies are, are reversed, but there's got to be a couple of them that might be down. Right on. Well, uh, so is your is Perpetual Roots the shop? Is it open yet? Uh, no, we are uh, gotten. Uh, we it goes. We tried to open a shop during COVID, so it happens oh, to be yeah. one of the slowest times in the world. But uh, we are almost there. We're literally right around the corner. We just have the last of the inspections, and then uh, we'll be good. We're actually ready to tattoo in the shop now. We're just waiting for logistics. So once we get that, then hopefully soon. Hopefully within the next two weeks, I would say, and then we'll, we'll be good, brother. Nice. Well, you can follow Kiyoki at uh, Perpetual Roots uh, with a Z as uh, uh, his Insta name, and yeah, he's always posting great stuff there. And I'll have announcements about when the shop is open. Uh, yeah, we'll have to follow this up sometime. Anything final you want to say before we sign off? I mean, just keep doing what we're doing, you know, going out there, keep a positive mind, positive energy, keep pushing and growing. And that's all we can do. I myself grow every day. I don't have all the answers, but all I can do is just pass what I know. And I thank you for the opportunity. I thank uh, Gabe. I thank Reinventing the Tattoo, uh, um, Hyperspace Studios, you guys for just uh, even considering me to come out here and spread this knowledge. Right on. Well, really appreciate you coming on. This has been fantastic. And thanks everyone who tuned in. We'll be seeing you all soon. Awesome. Now's the time to like wave and smile. So the last screen is created.